This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. And that's right. You asked for it. You got it. It is time for our bi-weekly or semi-monthly, depending on your perspective, conversation with Dr. Sky, Steve Cates. We're going to talk all things space, all things astronomy, all things related to the sun. So if you have a question about any of that, you can start queuing up right now at 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. Very interesting. Uh, I am not usually in the habit of repeating gossip, but I came across a very interesting piece of news from a veteran New York City Democratic operative. And what this person told me, now this is unconfirmed, but I'm telling you so that you're aware that this could be in the pipeline. What this person told me is that the current New York City public advocate, Jamani Williams, is not going to be running for re-election next year. He's going to be leaving government, and Bronx Borough President Vanessa Gibson is going to be running for public advocate. And City Councilman Rafael Salamanca Jr. might be running for, or will be running for her seat as Bronx Borough President. Now, this does seem to make sense because just a couple of days ago, Salamanca filed to run for Bronx Borough President. A lot of folks are asking, what's going on here? Why would he be running a primary against Vanessa Gibson? Well, if what this very well-informed source told me is true, this could be the reason. So who knows? I imagine there'll be a pretty competitive primary for public advocate. I don't know what Jamani Williams is going to do next, but it is interesting, those of us that follow New York City politics pretty closely, it is interesting to see who will be running for public advocate. Because remember, public advocate is only one heartbeat away from being the mayor. We'll see what happens. Remember, you heard it here first. Beam me up. To be continued. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good. Tomorrow, everyone, this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. Well, it looks like, at least for now, 
Donald Trump will be on the ballot in New York State. The New York State Board of Elections rejected arguments that the former president should be kept off the ballot because he participated in an insurrection. The New York Board of Elections voted yesterday to keep Donald Trump on the state's Republican primary ballot. The decision went against arguments that Trump should be kept off under the 14th Amendment's disqualifications clause, which says no one should hold office if they've engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. Of course, I'll remind you that President Trump has still not been charged with insurrection, let alone convicted of it. While the Republican Board of Election Commissioners acknowledged they'd received correspondence requesting Trump be kept off the ballot, they said they based their decision on state ballot eligibility rules pertaining to candidates' campaign finances and their national prominence. The board has a total of four members, but the two Republicans, Peter Kaczynski, and Anthony Casal maintain authority over Republican candidate eligibility for the primary ballot. A formal objection is in the works, according to State Senator Brad Hoyleman Siegel, who's the person that uh, has been leading the charge to keep Trump off the ballot. Now, you got to understand, there's no scenario in which Donald Trump wins New York in the 2024 election. So why are people like Brad Hoyleman Siegel and other Democrats working so hard to make sure Trump is not on the ballot? Because there are parts of this state, upstate New York, western New York, Long Island, some other suburbs, where Donald Trump is very popular. And it might be anathema to folks in Manhattan or Brooklyn to think this, but there are places in this state where having Trump on the top of the ballot helps the Republican ticket enormously. And a lot of the Democrats are afraid that Trump being on the ballot will drive up turnout in some of these competitive congressional and state legislative elections. That's what this is about here. Pure politics, pure and simple. Beam me up. To be continued. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. Well, the mayor of the city of New York says he'd love to entertain some changes to New York City's sanctuary status provisions. Well, welcome aboard, Mayor Adams. Where has this guy been? I mean, if there's anything that New York City should have been reevaluating over the course of the last 25 years, it's our sanctuary city status. And yesterday, the mayor signaled that he would love to entertain the chance of cooperating more with federal immigration authorities in situations involving migrants who've committed dangerous crimes. That is a tremendous departure from past statements he's made on New York City's sanctuary city status. Now, part of the problem with the term sanctuary city is it really doesn't have a formal definition. When Ed Koch was mayor, when David Dinkins was mayor, when Rudy Giuliani was mayor, none of them 
use the term sanctuary city to apply to not cooperating with federal law enforcement officials, which is how it's become used these days. What they used it as was basically they were not going to have New York City police become the immigration police. If uh, an immigrant or an illegal alien was a victim of a crime, they would feel free to support to report that crime to the police and the police would not inquire as to their immigration status and report them to ICE to be deported. And it's a sound policy because if someone is assaulting people or robbing people, you don't want them getting away with it because the people they're preying upon aren't in the country legally. You want that cooperation with police. Same thing if an illegal alien is a victim of a crime. You want them feeling free to come forward and be a witness in court without worrying about being deported. But what sanctuary city status has come to mean lately is just outright hostility towards federal law enforcement agencies. And now the fact that the mayor is changing his tune on this is a great thing. The mayor testified before lawmakers in Albany yesterday, and he was responding to a question from my state assemblyman, Michael Riley, who asked if he'd consider issuing an executive order to allow the NYPD to engage more in cooperation with ICE. And as he's done before, Mayor Adams reiterated that city laws passed in 2014 under Mayor de Blasio prevent him from doing that, but added that he'd be open to such a move if the city's lawyers gave him their stamp of approval. This is a tremendous step forward. He said, if my legal team tells me I have the authority to have cooperation with ICE for those who commit felony dangerous crimes, that's something we would love to entertain. I love hearing that. Hopefully, we can start entertaining it. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. It would be difficult to find a worse-run city government agency than NYCHA, the New York City Housing Authority, which, even though it is owned and operated by the city of New York, has frequently made the list of the worst landlord in the city. Well, now, some 70 current and former New York City Housing Authority supervisors were charged in a widespread bribery scheme that the Public Housing Authority failed to stop by rejecting prior recommendations for reform. Very interesting article about this in Politico New York. It was classic pay to play, according to Damian Williams, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. And this culture of corruption at NYCHA ends today. So the U.S. attorney, Williams, said it was the most people arrested for bribery on a single day in the history of the U.S. Justice Department. See, prosecutors love press releases like that. They love to be able to say, the biggest mafia bust in history, the biggest gang bust in history. In this case, it's always got to be the biggest something. In this case, it was the biggest bribery bust in history. So he's alleged that the superintendents and assistant superintendents would demand bribes and kickbacks from contractors Contractors looking for small-dollar contracts. The money exchanged totaled more than $2 million across 70 defendants, which means each person received an average of less than $29,000 in bribes. NYCHA had been repeatedly warned about corruption in the micro-purchase contract system, and the city's Department of Investigation issued specific recommendations to reform the process, but those weren't fully implemented. Now, here's what I find 
laughable in the coverage of this story. Despite that, despite the fact that they ignored the recommendations from DOI, despite the fact that this was the largest bribery arrest in history, and it was really at the heart of what was wrong with NYCHA. Although there's a lot of things wrong with NYCHA. Despite all that, no members of senior leadership of NYCHA have been accused of wrongdoing. And DOI said the authority has committed to implementing a new list of 14 recommendations to prevent corruption. Oh, okay. Well, they committed to implementing the new list of recommendations. They did such a great job implementing the old list. I'm sure they're going to do a great job implementing this one. What a joke. How could no senior member of NYCHA be implemented and accused of wrongdoing? What do you have to do to be accused of wrongdoing? I mean, you talk about sticking your head in the sand like an ostrich. NYCHA needs to be totally blown up and rebuilt. Beam me up! To be continued.